You know the main thing I learned from the Texas A&M football game? It's that A, Jackson Dart and Trey Harris are really, really, really good at football. But B, we get our college game day. We get our Georgia game. We get our free shot. We get the thing that Ole Miss fans have been wanting for generations. We get that. It's the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And just to let you know, the Rebels play the Georgia Bulldogs Saturday at 6 o'clock Central Time. Um, It is your chance to listen to David Kellum and the Rebels' hometown crew. We'll give you the actual SiriusXM channel whenever it is released, but you can search the SXM app, Ole Miss Rebels, to find that pertinent information. And the Locked On Ole Miss podcast is there as well. And I'm the host of that podcast, Stephen Willis. And today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That is why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Now, in the first segment, we're going to tell you what we actually learned from the game. And the main thing is basically, A, Jackson Dart is unbelievably. He's already probably the most clutch quarterback that Ole Miss has ever had. I mean, he's had led comebacks in the fourth quarter like several times this season. Um, so he's an unbelievably good player. And whenever the offense gets clicking right like it was against Texas A&M, there's not a lot you can do. The only thing that could stop this offense was Ole Miss, and Ole Miss did stop it a couple of times, and Texas A&M was only in the game because Ole Miss stopped themselves or the officials stopped it, or however you want to look at it and things like that. But Jackson Dart had a really good day, and we'll get to that in just a second. The, what we were, what we learned, Jackson Dart and Trey Harris are really, really, really good at football. They are. They just completely took over the game. And because of that, Ole Miss was able to just move the ball at will against a number one defense in college football or in the SEC and a top 10 defense or something like that in college football, good athlete, superior defensive line. We talked all week about how good that front seven was. They had one sack. They didn't affect things that much. We talked about the defensive line that affects the quarterback the most was going to win the game. Well, neither team affected the quarterback. So we didn't even look at that situation. So it became kind of an up and down the field type situation. Ole Miss's defense did make a couple of red zone plays, and that is the reason they were able to win the game. This win gives Ole Miss football its moment in Athens against the Georgia Bulldogs. We are going to look in the second segment about games that are nexus turning points for Ole Miss's program and what they've meant moving forward. I think this Georgia game has a chance to be one of those nexus moments as well. And number three, college game day is going to Athens for Ole Miss and Georgia. The game is on ESPN at 6 p.m. Eastern. I think it's going to probably likely be called by Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. It's kind of the game of the week. It's either that or Penn State and Michigan, which Fox is at. 
Um, those are probably two, two big games in college football next weekend. And to have a game, a game day game, in the middle of November, that is pretty heady territory as well. Now, if we look at what is going down with Jackson Dart, Jackson had a very good day. 24 of 33, 387 yards, two touchdowns, and zero picks. He probably would have had more touchdowns, but he, they didn't need to throw the ball because Quinshawn has kind of turned it back into Quinshawn. And because of that, they have a weapon in the backfield that teams have to focus on, and it just doesn't necessarily matter. They run the ball. They've always run the ball. And Quinshawn had 23 carries, 109 yards, and three touchdowns against that vaunted Texas A&M front seven. But the star of the day was probably Trey Harris. And Trey Harris had 11 catches, 213 yards, and a touchdown. He's healthy for potentially – Really, since the two-lane game, this is probably the healthiest he has been against Mercer. You couldn't really tell. But 11 catches, 213, and a touchdown. Also had two of the greatest catches in a football game I have ever seen. Period. And we knew going in there, and I, I talked about it a couple of times last week, that Jalen Milrow lit up that secondary whenever he had time to throw the football. Once you neutralize that front seven, that secondary could be got. Well, this is a situation where that secondary got got. And the short, quick, intermediate passes and the tempo got varied and all the stuff that I called for last week, Ole Miss ended up doing that. It opened up the whole offense. The Texas A&M players didn't know whether to look forward or behind them or what's going on. And the result was wide open wide receivers running all over the field. Ole Miss ended up winning the game. The big recipient was Trey Harris. People are going to talk about the Trey Harris, 11 catches, 213 yards, like over half of the Jackson Dart number. I mean, you'll probably hear that a couple of times um, today and as people break down what's going on. That is because there was such a major matchup issue on the outside. Trey Harris, they Ole Miss was confident with Trey Harris beating the guy that was covering him. And that is the reason they kept force-feeding that. That This is what the Lane Kiffin offense looks like at a micro level. Whenever you look at the end of the year when it's macro and somebody has 135 catches and 1,600 yards receiving, you're like, well, Lane Kiffin really feeds his studs. Well, this is what the micro looks like when that happens as well. This was a big game in the vein that – this game got Ole Miss to where Ole Miss had the free shot against Georgia. Ole Miss got the Georgia game. Ole Miss got game day. All of that, Ole Miss had to beat Vanderbilt and Texas A&M to get those. If Ole Miss would have slipped up in either of those games, this Georgia game would just been another football game. But as it sits right now, it is potentially the biggest game in the history of the program. Because if Ole Miss beats Georgia, Ole Miss is probably going to come in and be playoff rankings ninth is my guess. Somewhere 8th or ninth or 10th, you know, somewhere in that ballpark because you, you just can't tell what's going on. If you look at the, the polls, Ole Miss is 10th in both polls at the moment. So I figure Ole Miss might be ninth, And Ole Miss, if they beat Georgia, is going to jump up to probably 5th or 6th. They, they just are. They're, they're going to jump considerably. They're going to jump over Alabama. They're going to jump over Texas. They're going to do everything because of what Georgia has built in the last five years. Again, they've not lost a home game since 2019. 
They have not lost a game, period, since 2021 when Matt Corral won that – or not Matt Corral, but Matt Corral was the quarterback of Ole Miss and Bryce Young was the quarterback of Alabama and Jameson Williams was catching deep balls on them all day. And that SEC championship game was the last game that they lost. They went undefeated throughout the rest of that season. I guess 2020 might have been the last regular season game they lost. think so. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what this looks like. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment because this is an absolutely massive game. And we're going to give you some nexus points of massive games that Ole Miss have won in the past and what they have meant. And this is why it's important. If you want to look at playoff and all in just a game inside of a season, Ole Miss has played number one several times. Um, Ole Miss has beaten number one once. But to get this game and determine its relevance to the program, to the Ole Miss fan base, I think there needs to be a little bit of perspective and digging into this as well. But right now, I do want to let you know that this show is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. And now it's time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Trey Harris, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic brewing beer game. They might make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And Trey Harris has proved how valuable and good he is against Texas A&M, catching 11 passes for over 200 yards and a touchdown. He's brewing up offense with Jackson Dart as we speak. Huh? Right? Anyway, Athletic Brewing Company's brews are great tasting and award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. They constantly release limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety, and you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or by athleticbrewingcompany.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first um, order. That's the promo code Locked On, all one word. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewingcompany.com or athleticbrewing.com. It's near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Also, college football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff, live every Friday. Locked On will go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, where every Locked On College YouTube channel, College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts, covering their team every day, much like me. Expect me to be on the College Football Kickoff Live show this week. Find College Football Kickoff Live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You do not want to miss this. Also, I do want to thank everybody for helping us to get over 5,000 subscribers. That's a major landmark for any YouTube channel to go up over 5,000 subscribers. So thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Now let's start working towards 6,000. We're at about 5,150 at the moment, it's going up quite rapidly. If we get to 6,000 subscribers, we are going to start doing remote broadcasts. So let's get there before the bowl game. And if the game's in Florida or something, I might travel down 
to it. Now, 7,000 subscribers will be a call-in show. Once we get 7,000 subscribers, it's a call-in show. Also, a little housekeeping. My cousin, actually my ring bearer from my wedding from way back when, is coming through today, and we're going to go eat dinner. So I might be a little bit late. Our postcast might be a little bit different. The schedule today might be a little strange. Um, be wary of that happening. We're going to try and get Dalen on there. We're going to try and do a postcast, and we're going to try and watch the basketball game. But it all depends on when my cousin comes through. We're going to. I want. I want to eat di um, dinner with him because I hadn't seen him in about a decade at this point. Um, so I'm pretty fired up about that as well. Now, Ole Miss, interestingly enough, has a chance for what I call a nexus event this weekend. Once Ole Miss plays Georgia at 6 o'clock Saturday night, night game between the hedges in Georgia, Ole Miss has a chance for a nexus event right now. Ole Miss has had two nexus events in their history as in positive nexus events. I'm sure there's been negative ones along the way. But there have been two real positive nexus events. And the first one, and I, this is not a surprise, but me going on the internet trying to find stuff for it, it was difficult. But I did find this blog talking about Granddaddy Webb's story and talking about the 1952 Ole Miss versus Maryland game that it was from 2013 when this blog post was written by JT Boswell 10. Um, it's a game that Ole Miss beat Maryland 21 to 14. Jimmy Lear threw for 200 and something yards. Ole Miss won that game. And relatively, it changed things. It, it was Johnny Vault's announcement that Ole Miss is on the scene. We're here. This was actually year four or five of Johnny Vault's reign. He took Ole Miss to the Delta Bowl in like 47 with Charlie Connerly. But the program was starting to get built, not, not insignificantly differently from the way it is right now. But Ole Miss was able to win that game. And Ole Miss announced their presence into college football. All this stuff that was coming at the end of the 50s and early in the 60s was announced in 1952 when Ole Miss beat Maryland. Maryland had like a 26 or 27 game winning streak. I think they were third in the country at the time. A whole bunch of reasons for you to be excited uh, about where you were. Uh, Maryland was, I mean, they were kind of, the cat's meow, so to speak. So they came down to Oxford, Mississippi. It was a home game for Ole Miss. Ole Miss came through with the win. Again, Jimmy Lear threw the ball for over 200 yards. And not not a, you know, Johnny Vault was known as an offensive guy. So back in the day, we always talk about it was a different era and things like that. Well, Ole Miss has never been a wishbone school. Because of Johnny Vault and his adoption of the forward pass back in the day. Um, and even then, the wishbone just didn't seem right. I mean, our the school um, in the state, the other one ran it for a little bit, but Ole Miss never really did. They did some veer stuff and things like that, but they never went full wishbone. And that was because probably because of Johnny Vaught's influence over the offense well into the 70s when the wishbone was a completely faddish event. Ole Miss ended up winning that game, stopping Maryland's streak, announcing their arrival into college football, setting the stage for what happened later in the decade and early in the 60s. That happened because of the announcement that it was coming because 
1952, them beating Maryland. Now, the other Nexus event that Ole Miss had was they beat Alabama in 2014. We all remember that. Goalpost came down. I think Bama was third in the country. Ole Miss was like 11th. And this was written by Stephen Godfrey, by the way. He said Ole Miss beats Alabama the day that never comes. And Oxford, where the Rebels took down the tide for the first time in 11 tries, goalpost and all, from October 6, 2014. That's just back when Stephen Godfrey, I think, was still a fan. And um, before he was trying to make money off of the Ole Miss probation and things like that. But that was a Nexus event to where after this was over and Ole Miss won that game and they stormed the field and Katy Perry and everybody remembers that, but they don't remember the fact that over the next 10 years, which 10 years would be this bowl season, this would be the 2024 bowl season, Ole Miss would have gone to four near six or access bowls over the span of two coaches with a probation in the middle, a probation designed to destroy and cripple Ole Miss's football program to prevent what's happening right now from happening. Hugh Freeze got Ole Miss to the top. Ole Miss has a peach bowl and a sugar bowl under Hugh Freeze, and they have a sugar bowl and whatever happens this year under Lane Kiffin because even if Ole Miss loses to Georgia, if they just went out against Louisiana Monroe and Mississippi State, two not very good football programs at the moment. So if it just goes chalk, Ole Miss is going to finish 10-2 and and in an access bowl. They'll end up in the peach or the cotton or the um, orange bowl. I'm rooting personally for the orange bowl, but that's just selfishly about where I live. This was a major nexus event for Ole Miss football. It was an announcement of arrival from becoming, I'm not going to say a bottom feeder team because the bottom feeder Nexus event probably happened sometime in the 80s and 90s that we didn't notice. Maybe it was the hiring of Tommy Tuberville. Maybe it was something that Billy Brewer did. There was no clear event. Ole Miss just got consistently better from the mid-70s through the 80s and into the 90s. And in the 90s, Ole Miss went on probation. They hired Tuberville, and the program completely changed. You have a situation with David Cutcliffe getting Ole Miss back to January 1st on the probation under the Gator Bowl. I do understand the Gator Bowl happened. Um, and you have Houston Nutt going back-to-back -back Cotton Bowls. We all make that joke, first time in 50 years. Fitty. And, um, and then we have the Ed Orgeron situation that was before the Houston Nutt thing that he kind of stacked that roster. Then you have the Hugh Free situation that got Ole Miss back to the Sugar Bowl for the first time in – Heck, I don't. I think it was 50 years, 45 years, somewhere in there. And then you have Lane Kiffin getting Ole Miss back to the Sugar Bowl where this is a semi-regular occurrence, Ole Miss winning these games. So you can see exactly how this is going and how this is building. And you can look on a chart and see exactly this is going just like this over the course of about 30 years. These Nexus events or where major jumps happen, depending on the 1952 Maryland game, 2014 Alabama. Whatever happens, if Ole Miss can get past Georgia on the road, but that's because that's kind of the next step for Ole Miss. If Ole Miss truly wants to be a great or elite program, it involves going to somebody else's house and beating them on their turf. And if Ole Miss can do that, 
they will start to be viewed in a different light. Similarly to say like where Oregon is or somebody like that, a, a fifth to ninth ranked team consistently to where if you see Ole Miss in that area, you're like, okay, that makes sense. That will be the public perception with a win over the Georgia Bulldogs. Really, really cool stuff. I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right team for your team faster and for free. We all know how to create a social media profile. We've been doing it for 20 years at this point. So create that social media profile at LinkedIn. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to the LinkedIn profile that you can spread the word that you're in fact hiring. It's got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You know, if you hire the right team member, it's really no different than hiring the right football coach. If you have to hire the right football coach, you might find yourself in the playoff play um playoffs fairly quickly. If you hire the wrong one, you're going to be hiring a new football coach in three years. The difference is in the real world, you might be doing all of this again in three weeks. So hiring the right team member can add a positive and measurable impact to your business. Hiring the wrong one means you just have to do all of this again. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Rebels play the Georgia Bulldogs Saturday at 6 o'clock on ESPN. But if you want to hear the hometown broadcast and you live outside of the Super Talk Mississippi area, you can check it out on SiriusXM. I'll have exactly where you can watch or you can listen to David Kellum and the Rebels home team broadcast on SiriusXM. Or you can just search the SXM app, searching Ole Miss Rebels. All right. The third segment we're going to talk to are the lines and the games that are coming up this weekend. You have a situation. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty good weekend for football, honestly. I can see why CBS gave their six-day hold to pick games because of how it fell. But, you know, Alabama's favored by 10.5 over Kentucky. That's almost – I mean – Bama's just kind of chewing people up at the moment. It's it's kind of interesting to see. The offense is kind of coming into its own. Now, defensively, I think Dallas Turner might be the dirtiest player in all of college football. Um, the stuff that he did with Jackson Dart, the stuff he did to Jalen Daniels the other night, um, they get away with stuff defensively that if anybody else did it, they would end up in jail, essentially. They, they, they would get locked up for doing that, but they get away with it. And Alabama's a 10.5-point favorite over Kentucky, who had a decent win over Mississippi State. It was a 24-3 to win. Mississippi State is just a bad, bad football team at the moment. Vandy's at South Carolina. South Carolina's a 12.5-point favorite. That kind of makes sense. Vandy's, Vandy's hurting at the moment. But South Carolina, you know, 
they were a pick six away from beating Jacksonville State by like three. And I picked Jacksonville State last week to cover. I, I'm tempted to pick Vandy to cover this week because that just feels like too many points for as bad as South Carolina is playing, if that makes sense. Tennessee is at Mizzou. Mizzou is a point-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. That's the CBS game. Um, I think there's an interesting situation to where since the contract is coming to an end, you know, since this is the end of the CBS contract, you're seeing ESPN doing some underhanded type stuff to get better games and doing things where they put other games against them and CBS. Like, it would not surprise me if, if Disney just said, okay, you can take Ole Miss in Georgia, but we're going to take Tennessee and Mizzou and we're going to put it right up against you. And we're going to go head to head. Or you can give us the game we want. We'll give you Tennessee and Mizzou. And you can kind of have that against Auburn and Arkansas. Kind of an interesting thought, but as this program comes to its conclusion, this divorce has not been very amicable, if you ask people. But it it's it's interesting. But Ole Miss gets ESPN because Tennessee and Mizzou is on CBS. All right. Ole Miss and Georgia. Georgia's an 11.5-point favorite over Ole Miss in Athens. It's the college game day game. Everybody's going to be there. <clears throat> Expect Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit calling the game. Um, like I said, Georgia's an 11.5-point favorite in that one. Free, free shot. Ultimate free shot for Ole Miss. Ole Miss. This is a no-lose situation. Ole Miss might lose the game, but perception-wise, they're not going to lose any perception on this game. The only thing that can come out of it is you upset Georgia, and it's a good thing, and all of a sudden you can recruit off that for three years. Florida is at LSU. LSU is a 13-point favorite. LSU, we have to see what's going on with Jaden Daniels, that concussion protocol. They were checking out his jaw, by the way. The big debate on Twitter right now is, was that targeting from Dallas Turner? And the answer is, they were looking at Jaden Daniels' jaw. That was above the head and neck. There was something was going on there. And if that happened, that means it was a forcible hit to the head and neck area against a defenseless player. So, yes, it's targeting, period. Yeah, that's crazy. Auburn's at Arkansas. Arkansas is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Tigers in Fayetteville. Hugh Freeze struggles in Fayetteville. Hugh Freeze struggles in Nashville. Exercise those demons a little bit, Arkansas. Got right a little bit against the Florida Gators. We'll see how they how they do against the Auburn Tigers as Arkansas looks to stay above that six-loss platform because the next loss, they're not bowl eligible in the last game of the day. Mississippi State is at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 14-point favorite. You know, I'm putting up air quotes right now, but Texas A&M um, struggles with the Mississippi schools. I don't think they're going to struggle on this one. A&M figured out some stuff in the second half against Ole Miss. Probably could have won that game, came all the way back, did not do it. I think they're going to kind of beat Mississippi State by 17-24. to 24. I think that offense is going to struggle. Honestly, if I was Will Rogers, I would kind of shut it down 
um, for the rest of the year. But I know that's not going to happen with what's coming up Thanksgiving. Anyway, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Tomorrow, we're going to start our keys. Wednesday, what to watch for. Thursday, we're going to um, set up a crossover. I haven't done it with the Georgia um, Locked On people yet. I'm going to see if I can set that crossover up as well. And on Friday, why Ole Miss wins. That's the schedule this week, plus our normal guests as well. So tune in for that. Anyway, hotty toddy.